0: Welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm Jordan Roush. I'm Allie Hintner. Do you remember when Trump announced Space Force? Absolutely,
1: I remember. Okay,
0: because I'm kind of really excited about Space Force. (laughs) Have you seen the logo for it? No. It's like kind of sweet 80s logo.
1: Oh, so exactly
0: what it should be. No,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's... it's, I should get it on a helmet is what you're
0: telling me. Yeah, I kind of... I definitely want some Space Force apparel. I really I, hope it I, looks I mean, like space balls. No, so I mean, I don't oh. know. I feel like that's 80s. Oh yeah, no,
1: for sure. Yeah, it looks like the hoodie that's currently at Target that says NASA.
0: Yeah, and I'm just hoping that's like the, a, the one. retro one. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's kind of cool
0: and retro, and I need some space force gear. I think so. On June 18th, 2018, President Donald Trump directed the Pentagon to begin planning for a space force a sixth independent military service branch to undertake missions and operations in their rapidly evolving space domain. The U.S. Space Force would be the first new military service in more than 70 years, following the establishment of the U.S. Air Force in 1947. Hmm. Officials estimated that the creation of a new service would cost $2 billion over five years and require 15,000 personnel. Mike Pence, the
1: subject of... Last week's oh, yes. episode, Trump put him in charge of creating a Space Force. Wait, does he have a Space Force jacket that says the mike miss? Oh,
0: I, we can only hope. I mean... I, I And if he doesn't,
1: he needs one. We'll send it to him. Yeah. I'm sure... We get embroidered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure after <laughs> listening to our last podcast... Leather jacket, yes. <laughs> I love
0: <it. laughs> Like the fur collar. Yeah.
1: Some real cheap aviators,
0: so, so cool. So even though he announced it over a year and a half ago, Congress still has not voted to authorize the establishment of it. Also, how was that? So a it's year still and kind and of in ago? limbo, right? It just it doesn't feel that no. long ago. It's all the craziness that has happened that just it makes time go by so fast,
1: <laughs> so fast and so slow.
0: So that's what's happening now. Now we're gonna take it way back, yes, to World War II. Oh, so. During World War II, Germany was the world leader in rocket technology. German engineers and scientists developed the V-2 rocket near the end of the war that would devastate whole city blocks, and Nazi Germany used them to bombard London until the Allied forces captured the launch sites in northern France. After the end of World War II, German rocket scientists were recruited by both the United States and the Soviet Union to work on their own respective long-range intercontinental missiles. So once the war was ever over, both Russia, or the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and America were like, hey, we need rockets, and they just went, basically, it was like, whoever gets it first. I feel like <laughs> they got them. They right. took them back to their own country. They're like, okay, hey, you're going to make rockets for us. Exactly. Fine. America recruited Wernher von Braun, and I really hope I'm saying that right, Wernher, yeah, you, you lived in Germany, right? Uh, I lived
1: in Switzerland.
0: Okay. <laughs> Close.
1: It's gonna be something like that. It's gonna be Werner. Ver, oh, Werner. That's
0: right, Werner von Braun. We'll just call him von Braun. For, von
1: Braun. <laughs> for the
0: rest of it. But he's that. He was actually the creator of the V two missile. Um. So America got him, and they brought him and his team back to the United States.
1: There's just so much. America got.
0: Him. Well, it's kind of like finders keepers. Right. <laughs> you coming with us. So then in 1950, the Korean War began when the Soviet Union backed North Korea and invaded the pro-Western South Korea. Mm-hmm. The outbreak of the war in Korea combined with the fact that the Soviet Union had just tested its own atomic weapon. Remember, we had used ours in yes. World War II. Um, they, used, they tested their own, and that caused tensions between the two countries, and that was the start of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Both countries worked very hard so that they could pull ahead in the arms race to become the most powerful country in the world. Von Braun's team worked hard to produce missiles with gradually increasing range. First, they had the Redstone and then the Jupiter. Both the U.S. and the Soviet Union were neck and neck in creating missiles that could carry a nuclear weapon halfway around the world to strike their enemy. And this is why, like back in the fifties and everything, people were yeah doing like bomb raids I mean, and, and missile hiding under missile yeah. drills constantly, yeah. hiding under desks, which obviously would do nothing. But it makes you
1: feel better. However, I don't know about you, but those really old desks. I mean, when you get Horror. stuck in one of those, <laughs> you get stuck, and I don't feel like they They're break. Heavy. They heavy. <laughs> So.
0: My feeling always, though, is because they had, like, the sirens that would go off and they were supposed to hide under your desk. My feeling is if a nuclear warhead is about to drop on me and a desk is not going to save me, nothing's going to save you. No. Just don't tell me.
1: No, I don't want the drill.
0: uh, Yeah, just don't. I don't want the siren. I don't want the drill. Just let me get annihilated with... Because of mind. <laughs> if
1: the missile goes off, my anxiety probably would have already killed yeah, me. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, that's a valid Don't, point. Yeah, let's just kill me without the added anxiety. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Also, I mean, growing up in the South, we would have tornado drills. Right. Very similar. We would hide under the desk or the advanced ones. We'd sit in the hallway. Yeah. Neither of those things were really going to protect us from a tornado. Yeah. Let alone... A terrifying missile.
0: Though so, so when I was doing I had an internship in Alabama uh-huh. over a summer and I was staying in the dorms and we would have hurricane drills. And though my dorm was made out of like just straight cinder blocks. Oh yeah, no, everything and I was felt cinder blocks. Very safe in that dorm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think our whole school was cinder blocks. Yeah. Just painted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a glossy white, which was just nasty. That's exactly what my dorm was. It was
0: lovely. In 1957, the UN announced a cooperative global effort to study the Earth's environment. Both the United States and the Soviet Union announced that they would use their rockets to launch satellites into the Earth's orbit as their contribution to the study. So they're like, "Oh, we have these rockets. I guess we could use them for oh, yes. These I guess we could use them for this for good stuff.
1: That would be nice. We're just
0: stockpiling them to kill each other, but I guess we could do this tale. Oh! Oh, these these These, were against... these guys. Oh, oh okay. and I wonder. I I don't know who raised their hand first, but I then I obviously the other person was like, "Oh yeah, we'll do that too."
1: Oh yeah, no, uh, us we're
0: two. using those. Us two, us two. Yeah, that's that's exactly A what the, the whole Cold War rocket was.
1: Pissing match. Oh, it sounds like men. Yeah, <laughs> sounds familiar.
0: <laughs> On October fourth, nineteen fifty-seven. A Soviet R-7 intercontinental ballistic missile launched the satellite Sputnik, which is Russian for traveler. Okay, so Sputnik was the world's first man-made object to be placed into the Earth's orbit. The launch of Sputnik was an unwelcome surprise to America. Americans had a hard time coping with the fact that somebody was better than them, (laughs) because America's always been America, and we've (laughs) always felt like we are better than everybody else, Mm -hmm. and the fact that Soviets some commies could put a satellite up before us was really hard to handle. Trump, is that you? Were you there? So, yeah, we had had a hard time coping with it. And then a month later, after Sputnik was released, the Pittsburgh press reported that the latest rumor going the rounds is that the Russians plan to explode a rocket-borne H-bomb on the moon on or about November 7th. If that's true, look out. I feel like this is really terrible journalism.
1: but um, I think it's actually the plot of Despicable Me, but <laughs> yeah. it could
0: be wrong. The rocket and its cargo of violence are more likely than
1: not to boomerang. Cargo of violence? Car- I like that cargo one. Cargo
0: of violence. I mean, that that's yeah. some good
1: journalism. That, that paints a picture.
0: Journalism. It started to become more and more apparent that America's missile capabilities were falling behind the Soviet's And that made Americans obviously very nervous. They were
1: like, hey, we're not doing well at this. They beat us. Let's just scare the hell out of everyone. Exactly. In
0: 1958, a few months after the launch of Sputnik, the United States launched its own satellite, Explorer 1. That same year, President Dwight Eisenhower signed a public order creating the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA, federal agency dedicated to space exploration. America and the USSR were officially in a space race with each other, competing to become the superior power not only on Earth, but in space as well. So, obviously, the Pittsburgh Press's article about Russia or Soviet Union, I'll, I'll say Russia here and there, because really, same, same. But shortly after the creation of NASA, people were like, hey, Soviets didn't bomb the moon. What if we bombed the moon? <laughs> well, or and I think it more was like, okay, Soviets haven't bombed the moon yet. Let's beat them to bombing the moon. They got the first
1: uh, satellite. Let's be. What if we bomb the moon first? Exactly. They can't land someone on it if we blow it up.
0: Exactly. Ah, yes. Intelligence. Yes. Shortly after the creation of NASA, officers from the Air Force approached one of NASA's senior physicists, Dr. Leonard Rifle, about what it would take to detonate a nuclear device on the moon. Rifle was very intrigued by the possibility and took the secret project on. He was like, hmm, I wonder what it would take to put a bomb on the moon. And you want to pay me to find out? I'm in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in 1959, Rifle summarized his findings in his report titled, A Study of Lunar Research Flights. The report summarizes everything that scientists at the time knew about the moon, including its magnetic field and lack of atmosphere. So Rifle described the benefits of bombing the moon as not only important to the scientific community, where if they bombed it, they could see all the layers of the moon and figure out what the moon was made up of, but it'd be very important politically as well. A mushroom cloud on the moon that was big enough to be seen from Earth would send a very powerful message to the Soviets and it would restore Americans' trust in their government's abilities. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, Absolutely. it's not just about bombing the moon. It's about creating such a big explosion on the moon that people from Earth can see it
1: with their naked eye. And then shortly thereafter, probably die. Well, maybe.
0: Maybe. So, Rifle came up with several ideas on how to deliver the bomb. And so, this all this information about this project that he was working on, it only came out in 2000 when they, when they declassified all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's really, really recently that we found out about this.
1: And they're, like, burying it, hoping that people- Yeah, like, because it's embarrassing. Because we were incredible. talking about bombing the moon. But- But then the writers of this book, Me <laughs> got it. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, this is the best children's movie. I mean, I love it. Yeah. So, this is the best children's movie-
0: Let's take it from there. Thank you for the idea. So one of his ideas, because if they're going to bomb the moon, they want to make it worth it. And they want people (laughs) to do it. They want to make it so people can watch the moon being bombed. The one idea was to attach flares to the rocket so you could literally watch it all the way from the launch on its way to the moon. (laughs) And then it would, the rocket would expla, it would explode on the edge of the dark side and the light side of the moon, so that the mushroom cloud would have, uh, from the one, the mushroom cloud from the one megaton bomb would have a dark backdrop, and so it could be easily more easier spe- seen from space with the naked eye. Oh, it would just be a gigantic mushroom cloud on the moon that oh you would gosh. see from Earth. But we would have the flares first so we could watch it. Yes, flares,
1: flares, lights, lights, mushroom cloud. I mean, but think about how sad it was, how sad it would be. Because so many years later, people probably made a lot of money off people buying plots of land on the moon. Absolutely. Especially on the dark side. That was like prime real estate. And it was about to be blown up. And it was about to be blown up. These people would not have their, their moon plots. Exactly. A, a whole economy, really. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> a whole line of country songs. I would
0: like to know how many people own the same plot on the moon. Oh, all of them. Everybody. Every <laughs> single person that is One plot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, everyone it's probably like people owns that own zero plots. Too. Rifle also made sure to summarize what the effects of the bomb would be on both the moon and the earth. So he's not just trying to figure out how to bomb it, but he okay. wants to know the effects because he's a scientist. The bomb would definitely vaporize part of the moon. Because Uh you have to make such a big explosion to be seen from Earth, it's going to destroy a lot of stuff. Yeah. It would cause earthquakes, but I guess, I mean, not earthquakes, moonquakes, because it's the moon. Oh, yeah. It would also uh, create a considerable amount of radioactive material to be just expelled right into space.
1: A whole mushroom cloud of. A whole mushroom,
0: because guess what? The moon doesn't have really much of an atmosphere, and so then it just goes right back into space. And then guess what's right next to the moon? The Earth. But Rifle said, Rifle actually had a young graduate student working on to see if radioactive material would make it back to Earth. That young graduate student's name was Carl Sagan. No
1: way. Yeah, this was
0: like one of his first things that he worked on, was trying to figure out how much radioactive material would come from bombing the moon, which come back to Earth. He
1: actually just assumed his job was how to study things under someone who's really smart, but you want to tell him he's being really dumb. So dumb.
0: But I mean, also, he's just like, this guy was just a job. I don't know how many job projects are right now, so this was one of
1: them. That's true. Yeah. It was very, very new. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I don't ever hear him talking about blowing up the moon. So clearly, spoiler alert, guys.
0: Carl Sagan actually determined that only a low amount of radioactive material would come back to Earth. So we were fine. So we could still blow up the moon. So even though they weren't too worried about radioactive ash being spewed into space or creating a huge man-made crater in the moon... Rifle did have concerns of the rocket introducing the moon to hazardous organic or biological biological material from Earth. Like, he didn't Ooh. want, like, our bacteria or, like, our viruses yeah. or, like, any of that stuff being put on the moon's surface because he didn't know yeah. what would happen. So that was... He wasn't worried about radiation. He wasn't worried about destroying the moon. He was worried about putting bacteria from Earth on the moon surface. And so yeah. his report noted that... If such biological contamination of the moon occurred, it would represent an unparalleled scientific disaster, eliminating several possibly very fruitful approaches to such problems as the early history of the solar system, the chemical composition of matter in the remote past, the origin of life on Earth, and the possibility of extraterrestrial life. So yeah, so he was also like, what if there's tiny little aliens on the moon
1: and we bring our stuff, to them, and it kills them all. Well, I mean, we didn't when coming to this We'd, country. We have, a long, we have a long history. We have a
0: long history of doing it, to be fair.
1: Vaccinate your children. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you take nothing from this. <laughs> Rifle also shared his concerns of what would happen if the rocket launch failed. Now, most honestly, most launches do work, but we've had also our history, our past, of rocket launches space shuttle launches that have failed and it's really sad and yeah. very disastrous when it does happen so he was worried that if it did fail there could be human casualties if the rocket didn't make it all the way into space if it blew and,
1: up on earth well and on this at this point they don't even have as much experience with that so if they're already exactly. worried about it yeah like, and so it's like then it really wasn't gonna what, go if, well. what if this
0: huge bomb just blows up on earth what if it comes back to earth what if it explodes still in the Earth's atmosphere so it doesn't kill any people from the explosion, but then all that radioactive material is still in the atmosphere and then yeah. rains down on the whole world? Basically, at the end of the report, it was concluded that bombing the moon wasn't worth it and the project was abandoned. Thank you. As you could guess, because I would hope that we would all learn if the moon had been bombed. So, America scraps its idea to blow up the moon. The Soviet Union then rubs salt in the wound by landing the first unmanned spacecraft on the moon, the Luna 2, thus introducing human yeah. organic yeah. material on the men. Soviets didn't care, so now it's already been done. So now we can just do whatever because it's already been done. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> now we're going. <laughs> it's full not. It's not our fault. We weren't first. So America is even further behind in the space race. Mm-hmm. We've lost a lot of traction. And we need to do something big to regain the lead in the space race.
1: We've already rolled out bomb.
0: We've are, and the bomb, bombing the moon's off the We're table We're keeping now. the moon. We're, the moon's here to stay. So, Project Horizon was born. The proposal for Project Horizon was orchestrated by Lieutenant General Arthur G. Trudeau, which I don't know if he's related to yeah. Prime Minister Trudeau. Don't know. Spelled the same. He was the U.S. Army's Chief of Research and Development. His proposal contained more than 400 pages explaining how America wasn't going to just put a man in space. We were going to colonize the moon. We're going oh, to this is l- where the plot in space.
1: This is where the plot started. All from here. That one plot <laughs> that is owned by so many people around the world. This is where it
0: began. I'm happy about it. So in Project Horizon's proposal... There were maps of where the new colony would be placed on the moon and how the colony would be capable of producing its own oxygen and water, while supply ships would bring the colonists the rest of their supplies to survive. They would start with just 10 to 20 colonists, and then they would just gradually expand and just grow from there, depending on how it went. There were arguments that the colony would allow for better space exploration and furthering mankind with the development of new and better technology.
1: When you said Russia already introduced the bacteria, so it was no longer our fault, we were like, okay, we well, are we'll not only- we just live there.
0: Yeah. Great. Our bacteria is there. So, we're there. So now we can go spit and poop on the moon and, <laughs> this it's, is ours. and it's not our fault.
1: <laughs> this is ours now. Yeah. We're, we, we didn't start it, but we're finished. We it. live here now. <laughs> <laughs> we live here. This is our home. <laughs> Excuse you. This is mine. This is mine. <laughs> Did
0: you see my house? Right there. See that
1: space house? Yeah.
0: So, the, but obviously an army guy introduced it. So the main reason for the colony on the moon would be to claim ownership of the moon and to use it for a whole variety of military purposes. Literally, this is mine. This is mine. And we're going to put guns on it. The colony would actually be a military base oh. with scientific capabilities. Yeah, I wasn't joking when we say we're going to put guns on the moon. <laughs> nope.
1: Nope. Sure sure wasn't.
0: Some capabilities of having a military base on the moon would be to use an antenna dishes on the moon to bounce radio communications from one point of the earth to another point, of- point on the other, to put a bunch of cameras and telescopes on the moon, and then we would zoom in on the Soviet Union and spy on them. And, of course, to also house nuclear weapons on the moon. Seems safe. Seems safe. And we would, of course, aim those right at the Soviet Union. And one of their thinking was... Well, what if the Soviet Union bombs America first? Obviously, it bombs all of our nuclear arsenals in America, so all those explode too. Now, we don't have any nuclear arsenals in America. Well, we'll use our nuclear arsenal on the moon. On the moon. To shoot at the Soviet Union. Obviously. It's fine. It's fine. We, <laughs> this is fine. We've got it
1: figured out. We've really nailed this one down. Yeah.
0: The Pentagon was into this idea. They liked it. <laughs> They've already...
1: Yeah, they've already designed a pentagon shape that will just be right on that dark side of the moon. Yeah. That that the prime just, real estate
0: exactly. So they gave the project over to von Braun. Oh yeah, that rocket scientist or rocket physicist scientist from Germany. And then he was like, okay, whatever. So he wasn't into it. So he gave that project. Then he gave the project over to his German colleague Heinz Hermann Kohl. I. Right. Cole uh, then assigned different pieces of the project to different military departments for them to study, and then they were supposed to return their findings to him. So, like, the Army Ballistic Missile Agency would would determine the types of rockets and space vehicles to be used. The Signals Corps would study the radio and communications needs of the military base. And the Corps of Engineers would figure out all of the construction of the military base so they could build their moon
1: colony. And I just want to point out, we still haven't gotten an unmanned anything on the moon, Mm-mm. let alone any manned just one, just, 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 just one person on the moon. There, there's been nothing from us, but we have a full design for...
0: If you didn't know, America's motto is go big or go home. Go big, <laughs> go and, home. Go big and go to the moon.
1: <laughs> go home to the moon. Go home to your moon. Oh, uh, that's what it means, best. I see.
0: Yeah, you didn't know where that saying came from, but now you know. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> So then they all do their little studies. They bring it back to Cole, who then put all the findings into a report titled Project Horizon, a U.S. Army study for the establishment of a lunar military post. And he submitted that to the Pentagon in June 1959. The report starts off by emphasizing why it was so important to beat the Soviets in building a military outpost on the moon. So
1: This is, this gonna, is mine. This <laughs> is mine.
0: So this is going to be a long quote, but this is what the report says. So it says... The political implications of our failure to be first in space are a matter of public record. This failure has reflected adversely on United States' scientific and political leadership. To some extent, we have recovered the loss. However, once having been second best in the eyes of the world's population, we are not now in a position to afford being second on any other major step in space. The Results of failure to first place man on an extraterrestrial base will raise Grave political questions and at the same time lower U.S. prestige and influence. The Soviet Union has announced openly its intention that some of its citizens will celebrate the 50th anniversary of the October Revolution that was going to take place in 1967 on the moon. The U.S. intelligence community agrees that the Soviet Union may accomplish a manned lunar landing at any time after 1965. Political, scientific, and security considerations indicate that it is Imperative for the United States to establish a lunar outpost at the earliest practicable date. From the viewpoint of national security, the primary implications of the feasibility of establishing a lunar outpost is the importance of being first. <laughs> so, like I've been saying before, America's like we've been second. America needs to be first.
1: If you ain't first, you last. If you ain't first, you last. <laughs> So Ricky Bobby. Yeah.
0: Toddy and Mike. Me
1: has all been based on yes. just this. Just this.
0: In short, that quote was saying, America's second. We need to be first. We need to be
1: first in living <laughs> on the moon with nukes. It was just followed by a stick drawing of a guy with a sign that said, this is mine this is on the moon. Me. Yep. And that, was, and that was the report. That was, yeah. yeah. Mike, Mike Pence's uh, political Mike. cartoons.
0: And Mike Pence drew the drawing. <laughs> illustrated it's all from, by <laughs> this podcast is all full circle you're welcome <laughs> the project would be modular starting out small and then expanding out over time large liquid hydrogen fueled rockets would deliver supplies and materials to the moon after enough supplies had been delivered two astronauts would land on the moon and begin construction so then after those two guys get started Later, man launches would then bring about 14 more astronauts over time to the colony. Mm-hmm. So I think they're just planning just a couple guys at a time, just to add to the workforce. Because they have to have places to stay while they're there. So mm-hmm. only they only have places for a so couple guys at a time. only two of
1: them can go build their time. own little tent. Yeah. Build another tent. For the next For guys. the next guys. Yeah. And so they just build
0: over time. The astronauts would use explosives and a bulldozer slash backhoe combo that was designed for space yeah so they like so they i mean they really went into it yeah they like were like okay we're gonna make this bulldozer backhoe that can like do stuff on the moon they can dig trenches and then also the rockets would bring these pre-built like living and like other modules and then they would place them in the trenches okay power the military base they would use nuclear reactors and solar power
1: also super safe yes
0: you always want your nuclear reactors to be in a place that constantly gets hit by meteorites. I th- that's
1: what I thought. That's I thought that it,
0: was like one hundred one. That's the other saying that mm-hmm. you might not have known. That's what where it was. the saying comes from.
1: I, I mean, I use it tailoring, <laughs> So,
0: after it was all done, there would be se- several scientific laboratories, a recreation room, a hospital unit, housing quarters, and then eventually a place for growing food, like, like a little greenhouse.
1: Hmm. Right next to the nuclear reactor. Yes. Cool.
0: Water, oxygen, and hydrogen would be provided by the ice that was already on the moon. So astronauts would like go mine moon ice and then they would use that for water, oxygen, and hydrogen. So that would use help them to live, but then it also if they needed to create rocket fuel, they could also use that to create rocket fuel to get fuel their rockets if they needed to go back to Earth for some reason.
1: Ah uh, yes, rocket fuel tap water. Yes. Yeah, I don't know the science behind that statement. Yeah. <laughs> Did they send those scientists to Flint, Michigan? Oh, and right, yeah. It's full of lead. It's good for your rocket fuel. <laughs> this is healthy. <laughs> the plan was
0: to have the outpost fully inhabitable by 1966. And it would require only about 150 rocket launches to get everything there. And Because this, this was in 59, right? Yes, that they're making a report. report. So they're like, oh yeah, in seven years? No biggie. Yeah, we'll have it fully inhabitable. We just haven't put anything else on the moon. We literally have not put anything
1: else on the moon. But it's because we're focusing on this.
0: But we can do this in seven years. Easy. Yeah. Easy. So then even after there's a supplies there to build it all, the colony would still need about 64 rockets a year to keep them fully supplied so that they could survive. And then the rockets would also like rotate rotate astronauts in and out, so that, oh, like good. people could go back to Earth. So,
1: like those first guys that got signed on for by far the worst could yeah. at least come yes. back. So they can
0: while. go back home at least. So then, yeah, and then the outpost would then expand over years, and then mm-hmm. eventually, it'd be America owns the whole moon. So, of course, it's a military outpost. The Soviets might attack, so there was also precautions in mm. case the Soviets attacked the base would be surrounded by claymore mines Oh, um, that were modified to poke holes in space suits, in the pressurized space suits. A hole? Yeah. Like. Also, the, the astronauts living on the moon, they were armed with these uh, small sub-kiloton nuclear weapons that had just like a small kill zone of 300 to 500 meters... So those were planned that you would—I think they call them Davy Crockett guns—but literally they're just small nuclear weapons that you shoot at vehicles, and they would just like blow up oh. space vehicles. And this, Again, seems safe. I really like this because I'm imagining, like, 19, like, super early astronauts in their big, bulky suits. And then they're riding these, like, space cars to, like, come fight these other people. And then it's just, like, so... And one of them has a Davy so, Crockett and hat. And somebody <laughs> has these, like, yeah. And then somebody has this, like, small nuclear weapon gun. And they're shooting it. It's
1: so sci-fi. Yeah. See, I'm, I've am i been seeing it in my head as men in black. Oh, And yeah. they go back to the 50s and they've got all the little... Yeah. Some of them are still really big, but they've got, like, the cricket. Yes.
0: But I'm like, I, I'm trying to even think about that happening now. And is I'm it like a spacesuit made This into was a regular not reasonable. Suit? Well, yeah. No, we still would not be, I mean. Yeah. And so so they had those, like, small nuclear weapons to shoot at the vehicles. And then they also had space guns that oh. were designed, where basically were a shotgun that could be fired in space. And that you could also shoot in your big, bulky
1: spacesuit. That is terrifying. Yeah. Space shotgun. Space yes, guns. Space guns. And so, like, the little ones, you said was, like, 300 to 500 yards? So, no. So, that one, I don't know what the, like, the shooting distance is. Oh, okay. But because it's nuclear
0: weapon. Yeah. So, like, you're shooting a small bomb. Yeah. And so, the bombs, I think, I want to say diameter uh, is 300 to 500
1: meter kill zone. Okay. So, you have to make sure, if you are going to shoot this... That it's far away. Far away yes. from... The space the ice. The good thing
0: about the moon is that there's no, there's not mountains, there's not trees. Like you can see people coming from a long ways away. Yeah, yeah that's true. I don't know. Not their idea, not mine. I will know. I I know you're and, the smart one. I have to ask you the question. Then they they also built bomb shelters in
1: case the Soviets decided to nuke the bomb or nuke the moon. Oh, maybe they had the same. You, you know, know maybe maybe had- on that one they're a couple years behind. Yeah. So then the last
0: weapon that I like to bring up that they had designed for the moon was a death ray. Austin Powers Austin had it Powers. right the whole time. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm thinking yeah, kind of like Star Wars, Austin Powers. Yeah, we were going to build a death ray on the moon that would mm. focus a bunch of sun rays and ionizing radiation and then shoot it towards
1: enemy targets. Like on Earth. I don't know if it would reach to Earth. I think it was just,
0: just a big old death ray that you could shoot at people coming towards you.
1: Seems safe. Yeah. No, it seems like a really good idea. And because, like, no one is going to lose their mind being alone on the moon and just start shooting things yeah. with the Yeah, Absolutely ray? not. I don't think so. And by lose their mind, I mean also get bored. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's no. see what this Pop's does. <laughs> this is fine. Let's just shoot stuff. It's just see if I, it works. I feel like they probably it's almost be like a video game when you're bored because you live on the moon. Yeah, and so there's like little meteorites coming and just shooting meteorites and exploding them the, with the death ray. The meteorites before yes. it hits. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's actually that's probably exactly what would have happened.
0: Hundred percent would have happened. Oh yeah. I would have done that if yeah. I lived on the moon. Let's just see if it works, just, and then be like, "Oh my god, that was such a big one! You did such a good job!" Yes. And then they just have like a little. Uh, Like marker, dryer rings, board tallying up people's (laughs) points. Mike has got four meteors with the death ray today. Yes. Yeah.
1: That absolutely would happen. 100%.
0: At the end of the report, they like tally up how much it would cost. The total cost of the initial outpost would be about $700 million per year. Which is about six billion dollars in today's money. That's fine. So just, and that's just to set it up. That's yeah, not. To, that's just like maintain. That's that. No, that's not maintenance. Uh-oh. That's literally to like get that first base there. That's not all the rockets. Like, what did I say? Like sixty-four rockets. Sixty-four a year? rockets. A that's year. not including that price. Oh, that's like for the first one hundred fifty rockets.
1: I mean, in this real estate market up. right now. Yeah, but
0: uh-huh. but there, the report argued also that America was already spending almost. That much money on its nuclear missiles program. Mm, So now we would have it in space. Yes. The report stated that, quote, These figures are a valid appraisal, and while preliminary, they represent the best estimates of experienced non-commercial agencies of government. Substantial funding in undeniably required for the establishment of a U.S. lunar outpost. However, the implications of the future importance of such an operation should be compared to the fact that the average annual funding required for Project Horizon would be less than 2% of the current annual defense budget. So, and then they went on to say that we can afford it, we know how to build it, let's do it.
1: Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, and they said,
0: yes, build it. Absolutely. Let's go... Put nukes on the moon. Sign me up for a lot
1: next to the lake.
0: So they present it to the Pentagon. Pentagon's awesome. Let's do this. And then basically they present it to President Eisenhower. And he's like, no, this is (laughs) stupid. I'm not spending $700 million when we haven't even put a person on the moon. This is a waste of taxpayers' money. No. And so Project Horizon died. And we never put nukes on the moon. And it was... No longer mine. Yeah. In 1961, two years later, Soviet cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin became the first person to orbit Earth. A month later, after that, President John F. Kennedy publicly stated that the U.S. would put a man on the moon before the end of the decade. So then in 1967, the U.S. and the Soviet... Well, and by this point, we could have had the whole colony. Well, just about. Yeah. It would already be being built, even though literally nobody has put a man on the moon yet. Yeah, we thought that we would already be building this thing. Yeah. In nineteen sixty-seven, the U.S. and the Soviet Union entered the Outer Space Treaty, which prohibits weapons of mass destruction to be placed into orbit on the moon or any other physical body in space. Not now, not yeah. ever can we put nukes on the moon anymore. So it's even though we could do it now, it's not worth it to just your vacation build that home, base not your vacation moon. nukes. Yeah, well. Yeah, you can get a vacation home on the moon. You just mm-hmm. have to leave, leave your nukes at home. Ugh,
1: packed them in my other bag.
0: Yeah. I think you can bring your space gun. Your space guns. Because ah. it only prohibits weapons of mass destruction. Oh. So bring your space shotgun.
1: Yeah, well, because you've got to really maybe, practice on those maybe meteors. maybe even your
0: mini nuclear weapon. Mm, like the, the cricket. Lo- the, yeah, yeah. But leave your big nukes at home. Just I mean, that is a cool, good
1: rule of thumb. I mean,
0: I feel really impeding on my Second Amendment rights. But. but here we are. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, and then on July 16th, 1969, Apollo 11 launched with US astronauts Neil Armstrong, Edwin Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins. They landed on the moon on July 20th, and Neil Armstrong became the first man to walk on the moon. Ten years after they proposed Project Horizon, we finally got the first man on the moon. You guys, America did it. Yeah. We won. We were first, America's and conspiracy one. Theory,
1: theorists hear me out here. what if what if we could have gotten a sound stage earlier than nineteen sixty seven and we could have built the colony on the sound stage, and we could have had the, the moon colony way earlier, absolutely,
0: but also um people that don't think we landed on the moon we landed on the moon. <laughs> The more you know. Hashtag, there will be another episode about that. That's a really long hashtag. Yes. But we definitely landed on the moon. All right. And we'll go into it. Neil Armstrong marked the great moment by saying, One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I
1: think right after that, he said,
0: mine. I I, I think my favorite story, because like, you know, the whole, I think it was like, what, 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. about the moon landing that came up. And I think my favorite fact, I learned about that this summer was that they left so much poop on the moon when no they way. left? Yeah, because they just like literally would just poop in bags and they tie them off and they just throw them out in the moon. It's like a dog park. And apparently that's what everybody that's been to the moon has done. And so there's just literally poop like, bags all over the moon. So wow. much poop on the moon. So much, so much poop. So much poop.
1: Poor moon. Yeah. Wow. We really, really were no longer concerned about leaving our don't care anymore bacteria. See, on the, on the, the Soviets
0: that's- did it first. Not our fault. Not our fault. Not our fault. Now we have Space Force.
1: Do you think they're coming up with this? They're like reliving the whole idea of the colony again? I mean, maybe. I don't know if Trump would want to do it if we can't have nukes. That's 1000% true. Yeah. I mean, if someone came into his office with that Project Horizon, he would have been like, oh,
0: sign off on it immediately. We'll pay for it. Loves it.
1: Loved it. Would love it. Somebody put Project Horizon on Trump's like Like, don't even rewrite it. Yeah. Just pull it back out. Just, yeah, the same one. I mean, can you get impeached for not following those kinds of treaties?
0: I don't know. Who knows? But Who he knows?
1: wouldn't be, like, fighting against Russia. He'd be like... Yeah.
0: I don't think you can get impeached for not following a treaty.
1: Yeah, because then executive power and yeah, order and all exactly. those things. So, fine. We can do it. Do it. This is fame. You guys, let's go live on the moon. See on the moon. <laughs> so that's
0: our story for this week. Um, A lot shorter than last week, but... I loved it. It's kind of to the point. I loved it. My resources for this story were... This is the story of How America Once Thought About Nuking the Moon by
1: Robin Andrews. <laughs> I do love all of the titles to these articles. Uh, the titles are my favorite. I was thinking about that last week. Like... After I got home, I was thinking about the titles from your research and it just they make me really happy yeah. and I love when they're just like gnarly to the point. I feel
0: like back in the day articles weren't so to the point and now article titles are like super long but you really know what you're reading. Absolutely. Yeah. So then the Unclassified Project Horizon Report by the United States Army, historychannel.com article, the space race, NASA's website article, Brief History of Rockets Hidden History, Project Horizon The American Military Base on the Moon by Lenny Flank That time the U.S. was going to build a massive death ray equipped military moon base <laughs> Wait, when any by article, David Hiskey When any article starts with that time, <laughs> that time? you know that it's going to be <laughs> good And U.S. Reveals Secret Plans for 60's Moon
1: Base by Ben Brumfield <laughs> I mean I do get it sometimes though Sometimes when I'm dealing with people all day, just send me to the moon well, and the like, poop bags.
0: I, I also, because, I mean, people thought that even just putting a man on the moon was nuts. And That's so true. I do seriously think that people back in the 50s were like, we have to go big or go home. Like, yeah. send me your craziest ideas and let's make it happen. Go
1: so big yeah. or go to the moon.
0: Yeah. Go big or go AKA to AKA
1: home. Yeah. Trademarked. That's my, yeah. I got it. <laughs> Trademarked it's mine watch out for the (laughs) t-shirt it's coming it's coming
0: um so yeah that's our episode uh if you would like to support this podcast please go to patreon.com and search for america the bizarre yes lots of fun stuff if you sign up for it go like our facebook and instagram subscribe so you never miss an episode when it comes out and be waiting
1: yes um Uh, do
0: you want to ali actually started a podcast instagram do you want to kind of tell people about that
1: yeah i just listen to podcasts like 89 percent of my life and my day yeah i like probably eight hours a day i'm listening to podcasts so i'm always looking for a new podcast and then we were recording last week And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it because Jordan told me it would be cool (laughs) and she would follow it. So I did. It's called What About Pod. Yes, that's based on What About Bob, which is one of my favorite movies. And I just generally post things that I'm listening to now and I'll do kind of reviews and suggestions for podcasts. I will disclaimer, um, I listen to An insane amount of true crime podcast. I don't think it's ever too early in the morning for murder. So listening about murder is probably a better way to (laughs) phrase that. Uh, So if you're interested in listening or looking for new podcasts and seeing pictures of the cute dogs that are in my life while I'm listening to podcasts, then follow them on Instagram about about pod. Uh, has yeah. underscores but it's easy to find
0: yep and yeah so if you have any cute pictures of the dogs in your life while you're listening yeah. to the podcast you guys can tag us in your pictures please tag this us, America us. the Bizarre my sister Blake Simonson she is a co-host on a podcast called Montana Murder Mysteries it's so good that's all about unsolved Uh, what did she say all about unsolved murder mysteries under the big sky under the big sky like that so definitely give that a listen they're pretty new too i think they have four or five episodes
1: out right now yeah and it's really great because those are more because this will come out later they're quick um they're quick podcasts they're shorter so if you have just a quick commute that you like to have not have to leave i do that sometimes i take a longer route but if you have a shorter commute um that you want a whole podcast in absolutely give it a like start it at the beginning right when you get to work you'll turn it off and it'll be perfect timing definitely
0: listen to that so you have anything else i think think that's it all right well until next time stay weird america i missed (laughs) it